Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to grab your Bibles tonight, and if you would, just let's go to the book of James. And we're going to start there and move there together and begin to navigate into what the Lord has for us. Thank you so much, Cody, Sandra, Victoria. Thank you. The next few moments, I want to go into a word. Last several weeks, we've been talking about finding our prophetic voice, finding our prophetic voice. And then last week, we moved into a message that I developed called Becoming a Voice for God. And this week, I want to speak to you about keys and rewards from hearing from God. Keys and rewards by hearing from God. Are you in James tonight? James chapter 4, are you there? Some of you are nervous. James is a very intense apostle. How many, how many of you know that? Don't, don't get nervous. <laughs> He's like, oh my, the book of James. Oh, oh, oh. So Father, we just thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your gifts. And we thank you, Lord, for your divine current and the divine winds of God that will direct us and lead us tonight through the word. And Lord, I thank you that even now you're dispensing gifts throughout the family of God, even in the other buildings with our children tonight and right here in the family room. Lord, you are dispensing gifts. Lord, even as we declared, and I know that there are angels all around, and Lord, we know it. We know it. Lord, that your heavenly host and your angels are here, and they have come to minister to the heirs of salvation. So, Lord, we just thank you for the commissioning of your holy angels, and we thank you above all things for the ministry of the Holy Spirit so that the anointing can flow in fire and power on the Word of God. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. 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 So if you're in James 8 tonight, I'd like you to look at verse 8 for the next few moments. Four eight. Did did I James, yes, James, four eight. Did I did I do something wrong, folks? James 8, yes. James chapter 8. And if you can find that, talk to me later. I'm in James 4, 8, folks. Thank you for all of your help out there, family. <laughs> Perplexing all of you tonight. I'm surprised Pastor Gene didn't yell at me from the back. There's not eight chapters in that book, son. <laughs> He's giving me that look. In verse 8 of chapter 4, it says, draw near to God. I love this, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Wow. James is intense, right? But I want us to focus tonight on the very front of this beautiful scripture. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Isn't that a beautiful promise? I love this promise. Drawing near to God is not just 
some religious exercise or duty that we do, drawing near to God. It's not a religious exercise, but it's a path to great friendship. Drawing near to God is a pathway to great friendship with God. And it also involves being rewarded actually by God. That as you seek God, you will actually discover that there are great and measurable rewards. Great and immeasurable reward by seeking God and drawing near in your friendship with God. Years ago, a, a man named Gary Chapman wrote a very powerful book called The Five Love Languages. How many of you are familiar with that book? One of the love languages that Gary writes about is quality time or time well spent. And I want to tell you, that's one of God's love languages. That's one of God's love languages. That God loves quality time with you. He loves time well spent with you. Isn't that wonderful to think about that God loves your presence? That God loves your feelings, God loves your emotions, God loves your voice, He delights in your presence, He delights in your voice, that God desires and longs to spend quality time with you of fellowship and friendship and joy, experiential things of life, sharing secrets together. Isn't that wonderful to think about and to pursue? Drawing near. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it talks about diligently seeking God. And verse 6 goes like this. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God, he must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Look at the front of that verse again. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And I just submit to you a question tonight. How are you pleasing God with the faith that you're using right now that he's given you? How are you pleasing God with the faith that he's given you right now? How are you pleasing him by using that faith? But notice that. Paul writes there in Hebrews that God, he loves to reward those who diligently seek him. I'm talking to you tonight about keys and rewards by hearing from God. What does it mean to actually seek God diligently? The word diligent means this. It means to persevere. It means to give persevering attention to. Hear that. If I'm diligent, it means I'm giving perseverance to something. I'm giving attention to something. I'm, I am giving a continual, constant effort to something. If I'm diligent, I'm going to give constant effort. I want to say it to you like this tonight. I'm going to give focused perseverance. If I'm going to be a man, if you're going to be a man or a woman who is diligent, you're going to give to your quality time with God that focused perseverance to ignore other things, to literally begin to neglect other things so that you can spend time with God. Isn't that good? To literally neglect other things. You have to plan to neglect some things in your life to spend quality time with God. To diligently seek Him means that 
We would be willing to drop things that are stealing away quality time with God in our life. And, and what does that mean? It means that we are developing more time and space, quality space, quality time in our life to be quiet before the Lord and just worship Him. To be still before the Lord and welcome and invite the Holy Spirit and say, Come Holy Spirit, as you read the Word of God, as you open the Word of God, that you invite the Holy Spirit into this time and you say, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Give me a heart that burns, that when I read the Word, it becomes revelatory to me. That you give me the eyes of understanding. Are you with me tonight? You're drawing near to God. It means that you don't just do it once in a while or when you're in the mood. It means that you begin to set time apart with the Lord to spend quality time. It means that we make God the highest priority of our life. If I'm going to draw near to God, it means I'm making God my highest priority, my highest priority, before my wife, before my children, before the responsibilities of life, before all of the busyness of life that all of the pulling and the demands and the cares of this life are constantly berating and throwing at you that you've made the Lord your very delight and the highest, the highest priority. God, your relationship with me is my highest priority. Amen? Come on. Amen? It means that when you have to go to work, you'd be willing to get up early enough to pray. Or maybe you'd be willing enough to stay up later just to be with the Lord to pray and worship and be quiet and still again. It's a persistence. It's a constant priority that requires investment. Hear these words tonight. It requires investment. It requires effort to draw near. Hear the words again. He says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. There is effort involved, folks. The Passion Translation puts Hebrews eleven six like this, and I love how it says this. It puts it all together for me. Hebrews eleven six out of the Passion. Is it behind me? He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. Isn't that beautiful? Let's read it again. He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and their strength into seeking him. There, there it is again. It's the very first commandment. At the top of the mountain lays that, that epic commandment to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your strength, your might, with all of your passions, with all of your strengths. May you be a man who is marked tonight. May you be a woman tonight who is branded by the fire of God, that you are a committed individual that will say, I'm going to give all of my heart, all of my passion, all of my life, all of my years, all of my energy, all of my dreaming, all of my finances to know the Lord. Some would call this pressing in. I love that. They call it pressing in, and it's, it's not just about Pressing in to read more or to pray more, but it's actually about pressing in 
and entering into the very presence of God itself. I've said many times here at Victory that the presence of God is our home. We are not wandering vagabonds throughout the earth. The very presence of God is our home. God will call many out of this congregation to go to different parts of the world. And if I threw the mic at Debbie tonight, she could go off and tell us about China and Tibet. But you know what? While she was ter- you know, going through the terrain of those mountains, her home was the very presence and the very essence of Jesus with her. Wherever you go in this life, wherever you find for the sake of the call to go, where God calls you and releases you into the great adventure with God, His presence is your home. His presence is your protection. His presence is your delight. He says, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. But there's some really good news in here that there's actually a reward in turn in drawing near to God. Isn't that good news? When there's a special bond between you and God, when you, when you cherish the closeness between you and God in fellowship, in friendship, nothing is more precious than your friendship with your Heavenly Father. Nothing is more precious than your time with the Lord. Nothing is more precious than your time with the Holy Spirit. And what's amazing is that's enough, but God wants us to know something about Him. He loves to reward. Now, I didn't make this up, so say amen. Enjoy it tonight. Okay? I didn't come up with this on my own. The Lord says He loves the reward. I love to reward my kids. I love, to re- I love to see people get rewarded. I love to see people have favor. I enjoy seeing my friends get blessed. I enjoy seeing God reward my friends. And I just stand back and say, that was the favor of God. Look what God did for you. It's amazing. And I love that about God, that he says, if you'll come and seek me, he says, uh, I'm going to reward you for it. Why don't you just take him up on that one, hey? Take him up on that. When you draw near to God, the doors of communication are wide open. It means that there's access, that there's VIP privilege. How did we get that? Because you're a son and you're a daughter. One of the men grabbed me as we were coming through the doors tonight, and he says, I'm a son. He says, I used to be an orphan, but I'm a son. I said, that's right. That's right. Guys, we're sons. You're daughters of the King of Kings. You have VIP privilege You have VIP access to go before God. And the rewards come directly through relationship. Isn't it interesting that right now we live in this um, entertainment culture, entertainment age, and, you know, oftentimes without unknowingly, we, we don't recognize it, but we create these weird habits and these habits of entertainment cycles. Have you, have you seen yourself ever going from uh, the TV to your phone, back to the TV, to your phone, to social media, to the book, back to social media, to the TV, to another magazine? Have you noticed that? 
Have you noticed that cycle, that vicious cycle that is always coming at you, that we're just changing different mediums of entertainment, that this culture is always flipping to the next screen? And what's interesting, words are always coming at you. Information is always coming at you. Information is always at your demand and at your beck and call. A voice is ready to talk to you. More words are coming at you. Wow, think of it. Mm. But we have to be wise about our intake. Amen. We've got to be wise about our intake. And this is, um, this is not a really awesome word that we like to hear. We have to, ha- we have to actually discipline ourselves. Yikes. That, that means like everything's not God, right? You know, I'm just waiting for God to do this in my life. No, it's, it's God and you teaming and working together. You actually have to discipline yourself so that these things do not begin to control you. Amen? Are you still with me tonight? How about, how about this? Think about this. When you get in the car and you're alone, um, is the first thing that you want to do is it, is it fill the void of silence? Do you want to put on that fresh new playlist? It could even be worship too. Do you want to put on that, that amazing new CD you just bought, the new Kanye? Yes, 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 the new Kanye. I never thought we'd have Kanye West in the Gibbs house, but it happened. That's a sign and a wonder. Come on, give God praise for that. I just heard my daughter giving some praise to the Lord for that. But we go to all these things so quickly Can I encourage you when you start up the car to keep it in silence and say, Lord, let's just talk. Lord, let's just go for a drive and be together. Lord, I, I'm just going to be with you and I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to be still before you. I'm not going to play with my phone. Are you with me? Are you with me? It, it got really quiet in this church. <laughs> Everybody's hiding their phones. I want you to notice this tonight. I wrote this down. Words, words are either pouring out or they're pouring into your life constantly. Words are pouring into your life constantly. But how many of those words are the voice of God? How many of those words are the voice of God? And I want to tell you, folks, again, I love to hear the voice of God. I love when God speaks to me. I love when there's fresh inspiration that God just breathes into my spirit and it stands me at attention on the inside of my spirit and my heart. I love the voice of God. We can be so encumbered with so many thoughts. We can be so encumbered with so many opinions and ideas about ourselves and about others. And, and we can be so encumbered and, and, and so fettered by the thoughts and the ideas of what we think other people are thinking about us. I want to tell you, God wants to set us free from all that nonsense. And the thing that matters most is what you want to become most excellent at. And that is spending time with God. Because if you spend time with God, you will not be desperate for human approval. And so many right now are drowning in the pool of approval. 
and validation from others. Find your validation being in the presence of God as a son and as a daughter. Amen? Come on, church. Come on. Have you noticed that God does not shout us into submission? That God doesn't shout us into hearing Him. He is, he is not a dictator. I had to learn this some years ago when the kids were much, much, much smaller. Have you noticed that, Dad, that Dad's out there? That you're, you, you can get loud, but your kids are just going to do what they're going to do. Have you noticed that? But God doesn't direct us by trying to be a dictator. What we learn about Jesus is that he, he desires to train us so that we listen to even a whisper. David writes about this, and, and it's awesome. I love the, the wording in this, and this is out of Psalm chapter 32. And right around verse 9, he says, he says don't, don't be like an ox or a mule or a horse who has to be bit, bitten and bridled. God doesn't want to bit and bridle you. He doesn't want to have to rough you and control you like that. And, I, and I, if I could drop this word into it, God doesn't want to use external restraints on you to try to direct you. A bit and a bridle is an external restraint that has to be placed upon that animal to get that animal to be broken or budged or moved in the proper direction. See, what the Lord desires for us to be is trained by His voice. David even talks in that scripture about being trained by the eye of the Lord. A surrender as looking into the face of God. A surrender unto the Lord that is dictated by when God just whispers to us that we are, we are in such surrender to God that we immediately move into that realm of obedience because we're surrendered. We don't need to be bitten and bridled by the Lord. It's just a whisper. It's that still small voice within us that if, if we hear the Lord, swiftly we can move into that place of Obedience. Isn't that good? You know that God often leads us by the meekness of a shepherd. I'd like you to go to John 10 tonight. It's the meekness of the shepherd. In John chapter 10 and verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. Look at that language. He doesn't own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep. He runs away, and the wolf attacks the flock, and he scatters it. The man runs away because he was a hired hand, and he, he cares nothing about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I, I lay down my life for the sheep. I love that. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. And I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. What, what does Jesus mean by that? 
I don't just want us to hurdle over that. He says, I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. Who was he speaking to at that moment? He's speaking to Israel. But what he was saying, he, he was saying that the Gentile nations were going to come, that not only was he there for the lost sheep of Israel, but there was another sheep pen called the Gentile nations that were about to believe and come into faith. And Paul describes this in Romans 9, 10, and 11, that it would be this one new man that would come together, that the good shepherd would not only be the savior of all of Israel, but the sheep pen would become the nations. Are you with me tonight? Basically, that's talking about you and I. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. That's you. That's me. Say amen. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And the reason my father loves me is I lay my life down only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. What am I getting at? Remember, the ways to hear the still small voice of God is knowing the shepherd. He's the good shepherd. And you have to be with him. Remember the words of James where we started at the front of this train. He said, draw near to God, and I will draw near unto you. Draw near to God, and I will draw near unto you. That drawing near is where we learn the shepherd's voice, where we learn the shepherd's nearness, where we learn the shepherd's whisper, so that at a whisper that God can speak to us, and immediately we begin to move in union with him. Amen? God has much to say, but sometimes we need to consider how we hear from him. I'm giving you keys tonight. I want to give you this key. Quiet the external noise. Write it down tonight. Quiet the external noise. Again, see, the media is bringing such an onslaught against every one of us, and it's telling us how to live. It's telling you how to live. It's telling you and I how to think and why we're wrong or why we're right or what we can do better. And this age of technology is always pressing in on us. And what I, what I want to get through us tonight is that we have to create space for our souls to really start breathing deeply. You have to create quiet space so that your soul can be in union, right unity with the Lord. You have to create that space. While, while everything is waging war against you and, and biting for your time and biting for your interest and, and desiring all your attention, you have to pull away from this world to create space with you and the Lord. You have to draw near to the Lord. I think I'm making my point. Are you with me tonight? Set aside time in the day where there's no media devices. Where, de where the media device is just not allowed. I already said this earlier, but you may want to write it down. Drive in silence. Remind yourself, drive in silence. I've got these notes in my phone. I drive around, and when I get inspiration from the Holy Spirit, I just speak into my phone. I send myself a text, or I send myself a note, and I save these things. Drive in silence. How about this one? Maybe you'd like this one. Take a walk alone without your phone. 
Take a walk alone without your phone. Maybe it's this one. Maybe it's, maybe it's wake up earlier. And I've seen, you know, our own family members making those decisions. And I, I'll be up at the crack of dawn and, and I'll see the light. I'll be going downstairs and I see the light on underneath Victoria's door and she's already up. Just being with the Lord. Not because she's got to get somewhere. She's just being with the Lord. Wake up earlier. Go to bed later. Stay up just to be with the Lord. Stay up just to be with the Lord. I want to encourage you too. You don't have to have worship filling the house. Amen? Just quiet the house. Light the candles. This is our favorite time of the year to light those candles, baby. Light the candles. Walk through the house. Spend quiet time with the Lord. Just worshiping Him. Listening for Him. Perhaps you need somebody to watch your kids. Just to help prioritize some time with the Lord. Here's another key. Quiet the internal noise. This is so key. Quiet the internal noise. This is one of the most pervasive methods of the enemy. He tries to keep our minds busy. And have you also recognized the works of the enemy that he tries to keep us busy with lies and accusations? Two people that happens to in church. Does he ever try to keep you occupied with lies and accusations? In other words, he loves to preach fake news. Are you with me? I learned when I was a boy, if the devil's talking, he's lying. Come on, give me an amen victory. Come on, if the devil's talking, he's lying. And so he will preoccupy you with lies and accusations. And, and if you're not careful, you may be held in negative thinking patterns, mentally repeating painful experiences. And the enemy would love to keep you there and penetrate your heart and your mind, and you can't allow him any ground. Paul even writes this in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 27. He says, give no place to the devil. Give no place to the devil. Don't allow him place in your heart or in your mind. The enemy's lies are often rooted. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with the Holy Spirit. The enemy's lies are often rooted at the core of who you are. They're aimed at the core of who you are, and they're aimed at the core of who God is. And we got to recognize them. And we've got to actively reject and replace them with biblical truth. I'm going to give you a good scripture. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm pastoring tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. Paul writes, he says, that we cast down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Notice that. That what the enemy does is he's attacking what you either know or what you don't know. How many of you have lived long enough that you understand that it's normally the things that you didn't know that became a problem for you? That's why God said, my people are destroyed by what? A lack of knowledge. 
It's what you didn't know that actually ambushed you. But the enemy doesn't just go there. He attacks what you think you know. Are you with me? So you have to be strong here and steadfast. And Paul says, see, in order to do this, you've got to be alert. You can't be spiritually dull. You've got to be sharp. You've got to be alert. And when the enemy is casting these level of lies or accusation and seed, you've got to be willing to recognize in them that what he is saying is actually against the knowledge of God. And when you see that it is contrary to the knowledge of God, you've got to stop him in his tracks and you've got to tell him where to go. Are you with me? This takes intentional effort. It also takes being very alert. You've got to be sharp in your spirit. But you've also got to believe what God says about you. You've got to believe what God says about you. That he is so pleased with you. That you are his treasured possession. That you are his son and his daughter, your belo- his beloved one. In Romans chapter 12, if you would go there, Paul writes about us renewing our mind. And this is how we learn God's voice as well. And this is part of the benefit and this is part of the reward of seeking God. So Paul writes in Romans 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's not even lofty. He just says this is reasonable. You see that? Do not be conformed to this world. That's that's a word for right now. Amen? Do not be conformed to this world. If I could say say it to you like this tonight, do not be conformed to the spirit of this age. Do not be conformed to the spirit of this age. But he goes on, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And if you're going to do this, if you're going to Renew your mind. It's going to require quality time in the Word and with the Holy Spirit so that you can combat the works of the enemy, the lies of the enemy, the accusations of the enemy that come bombarding you constantly. You've got to have your mind renewed steadfastly. You can stand strong against the works and the wiles of the devil, rebuking him that he will Flee from you. Am I helping you tonight? Thank you. I want to give you another key tonight. Activate your will towards God. This is good. This is what faith does. Activate your will towards God. Can we limit our ability to hear from God because we have selective hearing? I want to say that again. Can we limit our ability to hear from God because we have selective hearing? It may be that actually God has been speaking to us, but his voice has actually been ignored. Or we might brush it off because it, it's a little unpleasant and it doesn't like seem right. So we tune it out. 
Are you hearing me? It means what, I, what I'm trying to get at because it starts rubbing on you. It's that, it's that God may be saying things to you that are rubbing you the wrong way. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to start preaching like James tonight. Sometimes we tune God's, God out, it's because we don't want to hear that. And I want to say it again, the greatest thing ever is to hear the voice of God. God will not always flatter you. God will not always coddle you. God will always love you. Don't misunderstand. But he won't always coddle you. He'll say, hey, son, hey, daughter, let's talk. That got a lot of amens tonight. That's good. If we're willing to accept what God says, even when it doesn't line up with our feelings, even when it doesn't line up with our feel-goods, if we don't move and act upon it, we might start hearing God less. Right? You might start hearing God less and less if you don't move in obedience to what he's saying. So here's my encouragement to you. Here's the good news. Choose to activate and surrender your will towards the heart of God because his plans are always best and his plans are always good. I'm telling you what, I'm convinced of this. Even when it, even when it hurts, even when it doesn't feel good, I'm convinced God's plan is best. It has to be settled in your heart. And again, you want to be that man, you want to be that woman that you're not bit and bridled by external restraints. When you hear the sweet, tender voice of the Lord speaking to you, you're quick to obey. Amen? Let's keep going. The Holy Spirit desires to lead you and guide you into all truth. I want you to look at John 16, verse 13 tonight. The Holy Spirit desires to lead you and guide you into all truth. This is a powerful scripture. John writes, he says, however, when he, the Spirit, this, these are the words of Jesus. When the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. I want to give you two things here. Maybe you want to underline it or put it in your notes tonight. But the Holy Spirit wants to guide you into all truth. This is key. Everybody wants a friend like the Holy Spirit. You know why I know that? Because the Holy Spirit will never lie to you. He's the Spirit of truth. This is His identity. He's the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit, folks, the Holy Spirit will never, ever lie to you. So what the Holy Spirit wants to do, this is good news. He wants to lead you and I into all truth. And then look at the last of the verse. He wants to tell us things to come. Again, when you draw near to God, when you start tuning into God, God makes that special place known to you, that special place of, of access to his sons and daughters. And, and we actually sing about it tonight. What Moses called, what Moses wrote in Psalm 91, he called it literally the secret place. That you and I have access into where God wants to 
overshadow you with his presence, and he wants to show you things to come. Now, that's what gets me really excited because I, I want to tap into the things that are come. I, I, I'm tired of being fed the news about what has already happened. Are, are you tired and are, are you sick of that diet of just hearing what's already happened? When the Holy Spirit is beckoning you and I to speak to us, to, I want to show you things that have yet to be discovered and yet to come. See, that's what gets me hungry and thirsty. The Holy Spirit beckons us there. He wants to show us things to come. Wow. Things to come. So if you're a businessman in here tonight, the Holy Spirit will show you how to increase your profits <laughs> and reduce your expenses. Somebody say amen. <laughs> if you're a mother in here, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you how to cut down arguments between your kids. How many of you know you need the Holy Spirit for that? <laughs> If you're a student here, the Holy Spirit will show you how to excel in your classes. See, God's the author of truth. He wants to give you secrets. He wants to reveal secrets. And I want to I give you a story that I read this week that just blew me away, and it illustrates this point so perfectly. I want to read it to you. It's a quick story. It says, the United States Navy had run into some serious trouble their ships were being sunk. Now, this is out of World War II. This is the era that it comes out of. In World War II, it says the United States Navy had run into some serious trouble. Their ships were being sunk by the enemy faster than they could build new ones, a process which took an entire year to make. It took us an entire year to build one ship. Are you with me? Fine. Are you with me? Finally, they came up with a way that made it possible to build a ship in a single day. This is a true story. This is a true story. They came up with a way to make the ship in a single day, but there was one hitch. The process involved building the ship upside down, and when the ship turned upright, the welds would pop and the ship would literally come apart. The problem, this true story, the problem was presented to a Christian man that spent time with God, and he was a famous industrialist at the time. He said these words. He says, I'll find out how to do it. And then he said, after days of prayer and fasting, God showed him a welding formula that would hold the ship together, and it worked. Just one idea made it possible from building a ship in a year to building a ship in a day. Got me excited too. Now can you begin to see now how God can prosper you by leading you into all truth, to speaking to you, giving you creative ideas, what, what would take a year or more that suddenly, and this is the prophetic word that God is heralding throughout the earth, that we are coming into an exponentially accelerated season, an accelerated era where God's going to release revelation knowledge, revelation power, insight, creative ideas, inv witty inventions. <laughs> He's going to release acceleration. 
wow, this excites me. And how does it happen? Spending quality time with God. Spending quality time with God. This, this guy said, I'm going to go away. I'm going to pray and fast. God's going to give me the answer. And God gave him the welding formula that kept those ships together. And because of it, you know what? We were victorious in World War II. How did it happen? Somebody was seeking God. Isn't that awesome? I love that. That, that the story so impacted me this week. Here it is again. John 16, 13. He says, I'm going to tell you things to come. What's he speaking of? He's saying, I'm going to show you the future. How many of you would like to see the future? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to have that advantage so we know what to prepare for. And most of us would. But this is a reward by drawing near to Jesus. I've been given keys and rewards tonight. Here's the reward. God's going to show you things to come. You want to be a friend of God? You want to treasure the voice of God? You want to seek the voice of God? God's going to show you things to come. When you abide in Him, you have access to an anointing and to a power that spans heaven and earth. I want to say that again. When you abide in Him, you have an access to an anointing with power that spans heaven and earth. The scripture says that the anointing will teach us all things. Say that tonight. The anointing will teach me all things. Say it again. The anointing will teach me all things. It's the Holy Spirit. He's your teacher. He's your mentor. He's your coach. All you got to do is obey his voice. When you hear him, when you feel that prophetic impulse, when you feel the wind of God come over you and the Lord says, step out and do this, obey me, trust me, risk it, step out here, obey it. Come on, I'm trying to help you, my friends, trying to help you. The anointing teaches us all things, that God will cause us to know what to do in any given situation. Do you believe that? That God will show you what to do in any given situation. We don't know what the next years look like. We don't know what the next months look like for America in the nations. But you know what? God knows. And his friends, he wants to share his secrets so that they are ready and prepared for the hour. Come on. That's walking in victory. That's walking in victory. Here's another key for you tonight. Victory doesn't come by walking in your own ability. It doesn't come by walking in your own ability. It doesn't come by walking in your own mental capacity. I'm going to say it again. You can turn on the news and see what's already happened. But God's the only one that can show you things to come. God is the only one who can show you things to come. If we rely on what we know in the natural then we'll be defeated like everyone else. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing the Lord? If we rely on what we know in the natural, we'll end up being defeated like everyone else. But if you abide in the anointing, and if the anointing abides in you, phew, there will not be a single enemy that will be able to defeat our lives. The Spirit of God will continually direct you. He'll show you things to come. He'll reveal to you how to prevent problems and trouble. 
He'll keep trouble from you. He'll keep danger from you. How many would like that? That's a good promise. That's a good reward. That's a reward. If you seek me, I'll diligently reward you. The Lord will keep you from that which is dangerous and that which could ambush your life. That which could ambush your children and your seed. Are you hearing me? Wow. By spending time, by drawing near to God, even when tests and trials come, God will cause you to be triumphant. Here's another key and a reward tonight. Accept the will of God. Write it down. Accept the will of God. Accept the will of God. Now, this is a tough one because people wrestle with the will of God all the time. What if God is speaking to you about something you really don't want to hear? I'm going to tell you, folks, obedience can be very painful. Obedience can be very painful. I knew I'd have a lot of people running around the church with that, with that word right there. Obedience can be painful. It will, it will actually chip away at your own reputation or your own image or the thing that people work on so hard, and that's preserving their image in front of others. You have to accept the will of God. You have to choose his will over your own. That, that's not sexy in this generation, is it? You got to choose his will over your own. See, and Jesus, see, he mastered this. There he was in the garden. There he was in the struggle. He knew the time had come. And he was the one who said, Lord, if there could be any other way, you remove this cup from me. He said, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now, I know that's an extreme example, but we've got to live in such a way that we accept and we surrender to the, to the will of God in our lives, and we don't fight against it. Somebody say amen. Please say amen. Please. This is good news. If you choose to draw near to God and obey his voice, here's a reward. God will give you everything that you need. Oh, ooh, hey, I think I'm in on this one. If you choose to draw close to God, God will give you everything that you need. Do you know that's a promise? You know you don't have to beg God for all your needs to be met? Did you know you don't have to beg God for all your needs to be met? Your needs are already met. He's already promised to meet every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But I want to show you this. And a few of you may know this scripture, and I'm playing with you. It's Matthew 6, 33. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. I want to tell you, God wants to give you everything that you need. Everything that you need. You need healing in your body. You need a financial breakthrough. You need a miracle in your marriage. You need a, mi a miracle in your kids. You need wisdom for choices that are yet to come. You need revelation for an idea. You need things set back in order and brought into alignment. God wants to give you all things, all things, everything that you will need. I want you to see that this is promised by God. It's a promise that you need to know about. God says all these things will be added to you. You don't have to struggle and you don't have to fight. It's all about a promise. 
You don't have to struggle. You don't have to fight. It's all about a promise. You have to believe it. You have to believe it. You have to believe it. You ever realize that you're having anxiety or fears or panics? If you can step away from yourself and look objectively, and it's so hard to do because you're living subjectively. You're living in the fight. You're living in the trial. But if you could step back and take a good look at yourself and realize the reason you've moved into fear or anxiety or panic is because you stopped believing. You stop believing. If we can make the adjustment and repent for unbelief and get back into faith and into alignment to seeking Him, drawing near to Him, placing Him first, He says, I'll add all these other things to you. You just delight yourself in me. You be my son. You just enjoy me. You delight yourself in me, daughter, and I'm going to take care of every need that you have. I say amen to that too. You know that some people feel, some people feel irresponsible if they're not worrying or working by their own strength. Now we're not called to be lazy. We're not called to be sloths, right? Somebody say amen. We're to put forth natural effort. We're to put forth strength, but we're not to achieve the victory on our own. The glory belongs to God. Say it. The glory belongs to God. Now, you and I have been reading this book a lot of years. This book. I've been reading this book a whole lot. And we kind of romanticize the history of it without thinking at times what we're really reading, that God over and over and over put stories in there that he made the obstacles looks so ridiculous because God was after something. God was after getting the glory. It's powerful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you got too many, Gideon. You got too many, you got too many. 32,000, we'll just start cutting you down, cutting you down, cutting you down, cutting you down. You remember the story? Gets him down to 300. Why? God says, I'm going to get the glory. I'm, I'm going to give you an insane plan, and you're going you're gonna to walk around these walls. You're going to walk around these walls. You're going to walk around these walls, and then you're going to blow the trumpets, and the walls are going to come down. Well, it starts with just believing that. But then when it actually happens, what happens is, is that God receives the glory. It's part of the reward. That you bring glory to God by believing. You bring glory to God by believing and obeying and doing what he says. Are you with me tonight? I'm almost done. And Cody, you'll come in just a moment. Here's a key and here's a reward. Here's a key. Invite the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 and verse 11. Some of you know it. Romans 8 and verse 11. It says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells inside of you and me. Wow. Invite the Holy Spirit. 
Here it is again. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells inside of you and me. See, a lot of times when we go to prayer, we're often bringing our troubles to God and we're asking God for help. And how many of you know that uh, a really good prayer to pray is, help God. You know, that's a good prayer. Help. That's a, that's a great prayer. But it's important that we develop our prayer life beyond that. You have to develop more of a communion with God beyond asking for help. And as sons and daughters, when we invite the Holy Spirit, when we invite His presence, how many of you remember the Holy Spirit is called our helper? The Holy Spirit wants to help help you. He wants to help us. He wants to help me. When you invite the Holy Spirit, you're going to get the reward of help. Boy, that's deep. <laughs> that's deep. Wow. In the Greek, it means it means if you inquire and ask God for help, he's going to send the Holy. He's already sent the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit's going to manifest and give you the help that you need. Yes. I love it. Here's another reward. If you're taking notes tonight, another reward is God will anoint your natural abilities. Write it down tonight. This is good. See, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells within you. But God will also anoint your natural abilities. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, it says, The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. You need to say that tonight. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He's anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord God, come on, say it, is upon me because He's anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He's anointed me. Now, these are the words of Jesus, but the same anointing that Jesus walked in by the Holy Spirit has been freely given to us. You are anointed. Look at your neighbor and tell them, remind them, you're anointed. Smile at him real big, too. Brian's going to preach another half hour. No, it's okay. It's going to be all right. You're anointed. I want to ask you a question tonight. If, has God ever called you to do something out of what you would normally do? Has he ever called you to do something out of what you would normally do? And if he did, the first thing that you thought is, I, I can't do that. Yeah. Here's some good news, and I learned this a long time ago, but it, I'm still learning it. God is not looking at your ability. Yes, God is looking for your availability. It's true. It doesn't matter what your natural gifts and inclinations are. It doesn't matter what your natural gifts or talents are. Doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter how smart you are or what birth order you came in. The natural realm is no problem for God. You need to tweet it tonight. The natural realm is no problem for God. He has the ability and he'll give you his ability. But what needs to happen is, is you make yourself available unto God. See, what God is looking for, he's looking and, and scouting out a man or a woman, as it says, the eyes of the, of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth. 
He's seeking for a heart who is loyal unto him so that he can show himself mighty and strong on their behalf. In other words, I'm saying God is still looking for a man or a woman who is willing to draw near to him. Draw near to him. Make the highest priority of your life to draw near to God. He says, I promise I'll draw near to you. Drawing near to Jesus will move you into the supernatural. Drawing near to Jesus will bring you into the supernatural. It's where God's ability moves on to your ability. Maybe you've heard it said like this. It's where God puts his super on your natural and you become supernatural. Isn't that great? You're no longer dependent then upon your knowledge. You're no longer dependent upon your own intelligence or your own talents. Aren't you glad that God doesn't look at your bank account before he calls you? Some of you are like, everything that God's ever called me and Bren to encounter or do or take an adventure, uh, he wasn't looking at our bank accounts. <laughs> Thank God he wasn't. When he gives you an assignment, my friend, he expects you to obey his promptings. Come to him with every step. Come to him with every step and trust him in the process. Trust him to give you supernatural ability to accomplish what he's asked of you. Here's the key. Don't ever look at yourself in the natural and say, I'm, not, I'm just not suited for that. Don't look at yourself and say, I'm not suited for that. You've got to hear these words tonight. God doesn't want you to do his work in the natural. You've got to hear those words. God doesn't want you to do his work in the natural. The only way that we can do his work is by working by his power, his authority, and his ability. Remember, it's all about his glory. I hope you're hearing that tonight. I hope I'm doing a good job of painting this picture. I'm telling you, God wants to receive glory from our lives. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God, he must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There has to be from our lives, by our faith, by our risk to come into alignment and come under the understanding of truth and revelation that we give glory and honor to God. This is good. What is God calling you to today? It's beyond your own ability, isn't it? And because it's beyond our ability, we have to draw near to God. You know, it's beyond, it's beyond President Trump's ability to lead this nation. That's why I pray over him every day, God, draw him to you. Give him a heart to draw near to you. Give him a heart to inquire of you and seek you and humble himself under your mighty hand, God, that he'll come into alignment with you, that he'll draw near to you. Amen. You say amen to that. We have no one in the back flipping us off tonight. I remember that night we were praying for the president and the man was in the back just flipping me off and flipping you all off. And, and you didn't know it because he was in the back. And thank God for our security team. 
<laughs> I want to ask you. <laughs> I want to ask you tonight, are you ready to experience the rewards from drawing near to God? I believe you are. I believe like I said a few weeks ago, that you and I are a little bit alike. I believe that's why we're in each other's lives. I believe you've set God as your highest priority. I believe that you've made God your magnificent obsession. I believe that you've made God the quest of your life. I believe you're setting things in order and making preparatory things of alignment for this 2020 new year and coming into a brand new year and a brand new decade of the roaring 20s. I believe we're coming into an extraordinary era as the prophetic word of the Lord is being released, this new era that we're coming into. We're going to see God's people do great exploits and move in the power of the Spirit. What's What is the secret to all of that? It's simple. And when things are simple, we tend to miss it. And when things are simple, we tend not to get it real excited about it. Cuz we want to dress it up. But it's not complicated. If you'll draw near to God and be a friend of God, and you'll inquire of the Lord, He'll give you supernatural revelation. He'll give you wisdom and insight. When I read the story this week about the man who inquired of God, and they went from building a boat in a year to a day because God gave him revelation knowledge on a welding formula. I was so inspired. I said, God, what can you give to us? What are you desiring to release to us that will accelerate and release your plan and your purpose and your will? I want you to stand tonight. Thanks for being with me. Thanks for staying with me tonight. Cody, would you come? Lord, let's stretch our faith out with our hands tonight. Just lift them like banners into the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we love your voice. Holy Spirit, we love your wooing. Holy Spirit, we receive your summonsing. Holy Spirit, we receive your invitations. Lord, we thank you for the invitation of greater intimacy and greater access, God, with you. And our answer is yes. Our answer is yes. Lord, bring us in as a family. Bring us in as a body. Bring us in individually as men and women who pledge ourselves, Lord, to your presence. And bring us in as a family. Lord, I thank you that you're preparing the way. You're leading us as our great shepherd into this brand new year, into this new threshold that we're about to step into, this prophetic hour, Lord. 
And I thank you, Lord, that you have plans to bless, plans to prosper, uh -huh. plans to bless, prosper. I thank you, Lord, you're a God who loves to reward your children. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being like that, Father. <laughs> thank you that that's in your heart, Father, to reward us. So, Lord, as I've declared your word over your people tonight, I ask you, Lord, to just release those gifts and rewards over the house. Over the houses of this fellowship, Lord, of this family here, Lord. Lord, release your gifts and surprises. I thank you for a people who seek you. I, I thank you, Lord, for a people, Lord, who are not here to be entertained, but to know you and to encounter you. And I ask you, Lord, to reward and send gifts and surprises. Show yourself mighty, God. Lord, I know those that are in this body that are, they've been asking you and seeking you for an, a fresh encounter with you and, and even angel encounters in their home, Lord. And places of revelation, I, I, just, I just pray, Lord, those are loosed in Jesus' name. Loosed, Lord, fresh encounters, powers, power encounters, Lord. Power encounters release, God. Fire encounters, fresh baptisms of the Spirit. Fresh baptisms of fire. Fresh baptisms of fire. Fresh encounters, God. Fresh words from you, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Take us in, Lord. Take us in, Lord. We draw near. We draw near. Make it your confession tonight. You might want to just pray it tonight. Say, Lord, I'm drawing near to you. I'm drawing near to you, Lord. I'm putting everything else aside, God. I'm decluttering my life, God. I'm reprioritizing my life, Lord. I'm coming strong after you. I'm coming strong after you, God. And I draw near. I draw near. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.